Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy New Year from our family at SENZ to yours, wherever you are around the country and around the world. This is New Year's Day with Stephen McIver on SENZ. Yeah, they call it a pub crawl Because the night will bring us to our knees Around 5pm there's 11 of us Don't credit cards in your hat yeah, we pull them out like the lottery Seeing who picks up the tab We'll have a drink and get on to the next It's a marathon and it's a sprint Maria's dancing around and she's singing Mariah Getting kicked out of bar number six SENZ News Day, January 1, 2024 with Stephen McIver. It's 9.01, the Arkells with Pub Crawl. And if you are suffering right now from a pub crawl last night or whatever, I feel you. I feel you. It's as simple as that. Time to get busy with motorsport. And from January 19 from 21, for the following five weeks after that, the Castrol Toyota Formula Regional Oceania Series, New Zealand's premier single-seater series, gets underway, featuring the Grand Prix at Highlands in uh, Cromwell for the very first time. And calling all the all the races will be my good mate, Jonathan Green, who joins us now live out of the good old USA. Uh, Happy New Year, Jonathan. I know, this is great. I feel like I'm celebrating with you and I haven't had New Year's yet. <laughs> I watched the fireworks go off the Sky Tower about half an hour ago. So I, I'm in the mood now. I feel like I'm a day ahead. <laughs> what, so what time is it where you are? It's only one o'clock in the afternoon. I, I've got six hours of drinking yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, are you in there? Are you, are you in, uh, where are you, Texas? Or is that, you're in Texas, aren't you? You're in, where are you? Stephen, I'm in Austin, Texas, where we talk like this. Uh, okay, so, so you're, are you a Cowboys fan? You better be. Hell yeah, we won by a point last night. Are you kidding? Uh, oh, there we go. Oh, so so I, I knew there was some sync that we had had in common. Hey, uh, welcome back to CT Frock for 2024. And it's, it's quite interesting this year too because uh, the organisers have targeted quite a lot of young Americans who are racing, and you, you be, know them extremely well. I just want you to give me an indication of what sort of drivers we're getting. I've got a list of them here. So let's just quietly run through it and tell us what we're looking forward to. Talk to me about this young kid oh he's a texan quite funny enough jake Benilla. yeah he's from san antonio i know him i know him pretty good actually i've watched his progress i do the f4 and fr here in the states and jake is uh, a san antonio boy uh, so about 60 miles down the road from the circuit of the americas he's been racing uh for about three years now in single seaters uh he's 21 so he's a bit older than some of the others 
Um, but um, good kid. And I've got a, I, I actually think he could be a, a, a bit of the Americans. I think he could be the surprise package. Uh, why? Because he's just got a little bit more experience uh, than the likes of Titus Sherlock and Jet Bowling. Um, they're kind of coming into Formula Regional. And so I think that they're, they're probably, and you know, Jake, Jake's just had a bit more time in the car, I think. And, and so I think he'll take to it quicker. But different tyres, um, and, you know, it's always going to be a different chassis, different learning curve. Uh, so we'll see how these guys get on. But um, it, didn't, it didn't affect Ryan Sheehan when he did it the other way around. Yeah. Uh, we're not sure on whether Ryan's coming back. He hasn't announced yet, but I know he wants to come back. And, of course, he was runner-up to your man Callum Hedge here in the States this year. Well, actually, we've got, we've got to talk about Callum because I know you, we were blown oh. away, blown away, A, by his personality, but B, his ability. And in 2023, he just took it to another level, wiped the floor clean in Formula Regional America. But now, how excited are you of going to Indy next? Really cool. Uh, and, um, I mean, he, he basically, he did a very smart move. Uh, this was the last year of Honda's... Um, participation in the Formula Regional Series. As you know, Raul Hyman, who won, uh, who came to Toyota a couple of years ago, won the FR Series and then went to Formula, Super Formula with, with Liam Lawson. Um, but he just didn't, he didn't go that great there. And Callum smartly decided to use that scholarship to, to get him with a Honda Drive into Formula Next. And, I mean, he's going to be up against New Zealand's Hunter McElroy, uh Louis Foster from last year, uh, Jamie Chadwick, um, and uh, Jacob Abel, who, of course, was at uh, Toyota last year. So he, he is going into the thick of it, for sure. And, of course, he's one step away from, from the Scots, uh, from Dixon and, and McLaughlin, if he goes well. And... Could you not see him fitting into Indy like a glove? Oh, I, I think I think he reminds me uh, of, you know, we talk about Shane Van Gisbergen who can drive anything and he's now off to NASCAR with Trackhouse yep. Racing or they're going to ride the full, uh, the full what's the, um, the feeder series uh, with the Cowlig Racing uh, and Callum's this sort of kid, right? And I think given the chance, he might surprise everybody uh, because how big of the difference is it from FR to Indy next, Jonathan? Not that much, actually. I talked to Louis Foster last year about this, and if you remember, he was going to do an indie test, and he was worried about doing a tyre test. He got somebody else to do it. But, I mean, he didn't really skip a beat. The cars are different, but they're not that different, you know what I mean, um, in terms of they are, I mean, it's a different shaft, it's a different tyre. You know, it's, in that respect, it's different. But in terms of power-to-weight ratio, uh, it's about, on, I would say, on a similar level. And yes, it would take you a test or so to get to get dialed in. But I mean, Callum Hedge in FR here, different tyres, different chassis, didn't take any time. He 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 did the first weekend, and I think had one win, and from there on in got six in a row. I mean, the guy was un- un- unbelievable. But yeah, and by the way, talking about Shane Van Gisbergen, he watches Callum, and they keep in touch. Uh, when he's racing in the States, um, Shane's always the one to say, hey, good job in qualifying. Oh, yeah, no, no, I think I think the, the the amount of Kiwis that are involved on and off the track in America is, is only going to increase. There's uh, a kid from Dallas, Texas, uh, Jet Bowling, another Texan. What's going on? with? Is it all happening in Texas at the moment, is it? It seems to be, and I'll tell you why, uh, and I'm, I'm going to give a, a shout-out to my good friend Gary Orton here. The smallest team in the New Zealand Toyota Racing Series 
is uh, Gary Orton and Tina Larson's team, which is Kiwi Motorsport. Um, and the, the, I say that because they've had some success with Thomas Raz, Randall from Australia a few years ago. But compared to, like, say, the, the mighty Giles and um, M2, M2 competition, yeah. Um, yeah, they've not had the success. But here in the States, they are hands down the most successful team in single-seater racing. And that's more successful than any of the uh, indie Lights teams or any Next teams, uh, US 2000s. In terms of championships, they've absolutely ruled the roost. And they're based in Dallas, Texas. So it's not surprising that Gary Orton is bringing a host of these youngsters and saying to them, hey, if you really want to go well, come to New Zealand and we'll do six weeks intense driving. Ryan Sheehan was... You know, hmm. uh, not. I mean, he came last year and he'd never driven an FR car. I mean, he got a couple of top tens but really didn't do anything. And now he's runner-up to Callum Hedge here in the States. So, you know, it just shows what that five weeks can do. Very cool name, too. Jet Bowling. Uh, sort Jet of, Bowling, isn't it? <laughs> Jet, yeah, that's you, a racing name, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a very cool name. Uh, you mentioned Titus Sherlock. What do you know about this 19-year-old out of San Diego? He, yeah, he's actually, well, fully enough, he started in San Diego, but he's actually from Prosper, Texas. So he's oh, another Texan. He's actually, <laughs> I know, it's good enough. Yeah, it is. Uh, he's a good guy. He did the commentary with me, actually. Uh, Titus is a good guy. He's one of those guys, he's a bit like Liam Skeets, if I, if you, if I uh, yeah, yeah. give you an analogy. In other words, he's unassuming. Um, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's quiet. If you saw him in a press conference, you, would, you wouldn't think too much. Uh, of his personality in terms of that, but put him in a car, and my word, the guy's got it. So, um, yeah, he, he is going to be another quiet sleeper that may may well impress, but it is his first time in FR, so he's just getting used to, you know, the car and all the rest of it. So, again, I think it's Gary giving him a chance to, to get some big experience in a short length of time. M2 have picked up this Al- uh, Alpine Academy Junior, uh, Nicola Lacourt. For someone like that who's an Academy Junior with someone like an Alpine team, an F1 team, how important is it for the miles? And as we know, you get super license points if you win the championship. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and it, it's interesting that it's the Alpine Academy because, as you well know, Lawson came through the Red Bull Academy. But as we all know Liam's story, it's touch and go with Red Bull. Uh, and, and the same with Armstrong and Ferrari, him and Eilat, you know, again, two, two graduates of Toyota. But the trouble with those, those ca- academies, in my opinion, is that they're too big for everybody to be successful. So Red Bull had like about eight drivers in, in Formula 2 last year. Um, and so I think it's very tough to shine uh, in that crowd. Liam Lawson, though, has done that, and he's off to the races. But the Alpine Academy is so much smaller. It's a good little uh, academy. It's had some really good drivers in the past. But I think this kid, just 16, uh, has got a real chance of, like you say, getting the miles, and, and they'll be watching for sure. And Alpine, with all the investment they've had and, and the fact that uh, you know, they've got a, a stability now that they didn't have uh, in Formula 1 terms, uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see how good this guy can go. And he's going to be a great benchmark for everybody else as well because – Obviously, if he's been picked up by a Formula One team, that they're they're very serious about his future. So I think he'll be a good guy to bench, you know, the results on. If you're beating him, then you're in good stead. Does it surprise you that the CT Frog haven't been able to get more European drivers, knowing that it's the off season? It's it's not a an expensive uh, formula to be involved in, and for young drivers to get miles. Or do you think that's just is, has there been a shift? Do you think? 
I, I think there's a I think there's a little bit of a shift in terms of you know the actual ways that you can get the super license points uh, and who's eligible. If you remember, we had Lucas Auer over and a few others like that. Well, you can't go now from Formula Two down to uh, Formula Three or uh, Formula Regional. So that's one thing that's changed slightly. I'd like to see more Europeans. I must admit. Um, and maybe, you know, it, it's, it's sort of, t it's cyclical, isn't it? It's cyclical. I mean, you know, it, 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 sometimes we have a load of Europeans and then we don't have. Um, but I, I'm really excited by the fact that we're now branching out to China and Korea mm. and places that haven't been the obvious for single-seater drivers. And I think if I look at the field as a whole for 24, that to me is the most exciting part, is that we really are getting a quite, quite interesting smorgasbord of different uh uh, ethnicity and um, countries involved that we haven't seen before. Jonathan, it's 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 a well-respected formula, this uh, CT frock around the world, because, uh, you know, we always say, yes, uh, future Formula One stars have come out of it. But when you, how do you explain that to people that don't understand the importance of CT frock? Well, um, the best way I can describe it, we've already talked about the fact that you get six weeks of, of, of very intense racing. So, you know, seat time, seat time, seat time. Any single seater driver will tell you that the, oh, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no recipe that is better than actually getting in a car, especially in the off season. So to have competitive races, 15, uh, against international, um, you know, competition. Mm. I think it's important on two, two, two grounds. One, if I'm being brutal, it tells the parents and the managers and the academies whether this guy's worth his salt. So, for example, you mentioned Nicola Lacourte. If he doesn't impress here, you know, they may, be re, they may re, reassess whether, whether he's going to be going all the way. Uh, and I hate to be brutal, but that's what this series can sort out. It's intense. It's five weeks of intense. And I've seen a lot of drivers crack under the pressure coming in as big stars of F4 and then suddenly realizing that they're up against tough competition and they're in, you know, they're in uh, debriefs for hour on hour. They've got proper data. They've got real uh, engineers like Stephen Giles, who's been all the way to Formula One. Um, you know, this is the real deal. And then on the other side of it, Absolutely, it's a place to make a name for yourself as a driver in the off-season when the journalists, I've got Chris Medlin from Formula One already saying to me, hey, who am I looking at? Um, because I want to see who's going to be an FIA F3 and F2 next year and, you know, give me a pick from, from, from the Toyota series. So a lot of people pay a lot of attention to it um, because it really is, as we've seen with Lando, with Stroll, with Guan Yu Zhou, with uh, Sonoda, Lawson, Armstrong, how many do you want me to give you? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll give you, I'll give you one, and I wonder from afar whether you've been keeping an eye on Louis Sharp, who I'm talking to at ten o'clock this morning New yeah. Zealand time, uh, who turns up and yeah. and goes and wins the FIA certified British F4, uh, and does it well, not easily, but he does it confidently for a sixteen-year-old. Unbelievable! I met Louis last year. Actually, he came over during the series, as you know. And I met him and his father, very impressive kid. And I think I think I turned to you, or we both looked at each other and went, God, that doesn't feel like I was talking to a 15-year-old. Yeah. That felt like I was talking to a 25-year-old. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's a pretty... Very impressive. And you know what? He may, he, may, he may be able to make it up the ranks a bit like Dixon. In other words, you know, he'll, he'll just go straight to the big time. I really do feel that with him.
Well, there's a real question as to what he does next. Now, there's uh, there's F three yeah. or, or GB three, uh, which is which has an historical sort of formula. So, I, I'm 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 going to ask him the question. I don't think he, even he knows. But when you've got the backing of Roden Carlin and David Dicker from Roden backing you all the way to F one, yeah. it'll be. I think maybe this year could be a very key year as to his progress, right? Yeah, but the the, the good thing about him is he's not nineteen. <laughs> yeah. The fact is, he is still a young teenager. So even if he did another year in GP3, uh, it wouldn't be a loss. It would just be more experience. So he's got time on his side compared to his uh, guys of the same level, if you will. Uh, I'd like to see him jump, and I'd like to see him get into FIA F3 quickly. And with the backing of Deck- uh, Decker, he can do that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, there's a track record there with Lawson and so on and so forth. So. The quicker, the better, because I really do think that this guy could be the next Lawson. Hey, uh, somber note, uh, the sudden passing of Gilles de Ferran. How did that hit you? I know. Yeah, bad. Uh, I was just, I, I mean, weirdly, I interviewed Gilles de Ferran at, um, at the Indy 500 about four years ago when he was still head of McLaren, um, or, or he was still in the McLaren Formula One project, if you remember. He ran it with um, Zach Brown. And lovely man, and just very, very saddened by it. I mean, he is one of the most gentle um, guys in the paddock you'd ever want to meet. He's he's one of those guys that you walk away going, "Wow, what a nice guy," you know. Mm. And um, yeah, no, that was that 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 hit me quite hard actually because he he was a lovely man. Okay, before I let you go, and I know we're going to be talking together all over the all over the summer on tracks and things like that. What was your highlight for 2023 in the world of motorsport? Ooh. 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 I'll tell you what, yeah, ooh. <laughs> to be honest, forget, ooh. <laughs> to be honest, and, and I, I'm going to sound like a, a record here, but Vegas. Vegas blew my head off. Really? I do not, I'm not a gambler. I don't like Las Vegas. I wouldn't go to Las Vegas. I was, I was asked to do it. I was privileged to do the commentary. I thought it was really exciting to be there for the first ever one. But I wasn't looking forward to it because I thought it would be a mess. And I've done Macau for 30 years, so I'm a bit spoiled. Um, and so I just uh, I thought to myself, you can't do, you know, you can't have another Macau. You can't have another Monaco. But boy, did they change me round after wow. that first practice. I'm not the one that was eight minutes, but the, the one after that. Yeah. Um, because it was incredible. A brilliant circuit, a brilliant race. And, and to be honest, a lot of the journalists were saying best race of the year. So oh. Las Vegas, hands down. Wow. What about what surrounded the race? I mean, enormous amounts of money were spent by Liberty, and I'm sure a lot of the Las Vegans were upset that they got shut out because of prices. I mean, was there an undercurrent of, yeah, it was great, but? Yes, absolutely. But there was an undercurrent of that at Miami, too. And yeah. there was certainly that in Austin when, when the first race came. Yeah. So, it, you know, it was natural that, you know, suddenly your Hotel 6 was going for 500 bucks or you know, MGM was 10,000 10, a night or something ridiculous. So, you know, I think that will all change when everything settles down. And like I said, yes, it started kind of rocky, but all first-timers do. Um, but by Sunday night, we were going, wow, what an event. Can't wait for next year. Oh, well, I can't uh, wait. I can't wait to see you, know, you in the flesh again and start telling bad dad jokes, JG. It is always. Oh, definitely. It, it, I've, it, I've got them ready. It's always a pleasure. You've got five and a half hours wait to actually celebrate New Year. So you're still in. It's just weird, right? This is the craziest in the world. You're still in 2023. Catch up, baby. <laughs> 
Oh, I knew you'd get me at the end there. I've always been behind you, McGovern. You know that. Mate, I, I mean, I can't live at your level. You've oh, always been a day ahead of me. Mate, just keep trying. Hey, Jonathan, Happy New Year from all of us here. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in the new year when you finally get there. Oh, you know it. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait for the summer of motorsport. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Jonathan Green, commentator for Castrol Toyota Formula Regional Oceania Championship, our premier single-seater series, the first race of that, live on Sky 2, by the way, uh, will be from Taupo International Motorsport Park the weekend of January 19 and 20. That will also feature uh, the historic Grand Prix as well, and which is celebrating Holden's. Uh, Murph's out there, uh, Craig Lowes is coming, Stephen Johnson is coming, I think Stephen Johnson's coming as well. Uh, so there's uh, lots of very cool things happening at Topo International Motorsport Park. And when you think of the year 2024, the rather large thing that's happening at Topo is, of course, Repco supercars are coming back. And they're changing the pit lane exit as we speak to make it... Uh, happier for supercar drivers and that thing is selling like gangbusters so so much to look forward to on new year's day 2024 it's 9 20 stay with us